Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by Bet, or sorry, Lombardi Line brought to you by the DraftKings Network. Excuse me. We, it's a new day here on the Lombardi Line, and it's also a new day here for us at VEASAN as we kick off our fall schedule. We welcome all of our viewers and listeners over on the DraftKings Network. You can see us over at the DK Network on Samsung TV Plus, also on DraftKings Network. Com. So there's a lot of fun here with the fall schedule. Week one college football season. It is here. I'm Femi Abebefe. My buddy Michael Lombardi will be joining me just momentarily. And what a week we have for you guys in a show that we have planned for you guys to start the college football regular season. Three great guests that we have on the program. Coming up in 15 minutes, Tim Murray, host of VEASAN Primetime, also the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. He'll join us in 15 minutes. Tim has three best bets for us today. And also at 11.15, West Coast time, or rather Eastern, 8.15 West Coast time, Barrett Salee, college football analyst for CBS Sports. He'll be joining us as well to break down all the Saturday games here. Then Wes Reynolds will join us at 11.30 Eastern, 8.30 Pacific. Wes has two best bets on today's slate. But Michael Lombardi, it's college football week one. How are we doing, man? I think we're doing good. Hopefully we'll get our decoder going and things, we'll get the technical difficulties handled here. At the uh, at the shop at the uh, Cunningham Hardware store here where I work, but uh, yeah, it's it, it'll eventually get going here. I think we're just a couple minutes away. We had a power outage back here, so unfortunately, uh, we're back in business soon. But it's good to be here. I was saddened this morning, Femi, uh, about the news of Jimmy Buffett mm. dying. I mean, I can't believe a pirate that looked at forty could not be with us. Uh, I'm sad about that, but college football is here, which makes me happy and we'll look forward to it. And we welcome the DraftKings network. I'm so excited to be a part of it. You know, I think this is going to be an incredible experience for all of us here at VEASAN to be part of the DraftKings network. You'll be able to see our show there and our show during the week as well. Yeah, no, we're excited to be a part of this DraftKings network. I think you were so excited, Michael, and you were so antsy that you were over there doing some house cleaning in, in the office before the show here, man. Well, <laughs> Is that how excited yeah, you Yeah, no, I, 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 I was fixing something, and I accidentally, I'm so mad at myself, I accidentally hit a 
one of the uh, a plate that Coach Belichick had given me uh, after we won Super Bowl 49, and it fell to the floor and it broke, and I'm in tears about that. I'm in tears about Jimmy Buffett. This has not been a good day. I can't get on the air. So my day has not started like I hoped it would, but I'm going to recover and be back, Sefemi. All right. Well, we'll try to recover there. Sorry about the, uh, the the start to the day here, Michael, but we'll try to make it a good one on the show. And before we get into today's games here, we have about a lot of marquee games, about four of them that we have planned for this first segment here. Uh, wanted to recap last night, Michael. I'm not sure how much of this game that you caught because it was an 11 o'clock kickoff for us over on the East Coast, 8 o'clock on the West Coast. But uh, Hawaii... They played Stanford, and Stanford went ahead and got the win against the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors that game final, 37-24. And I thought it was a really interesting betting market because we saw a lot of moves being made, people betting on the Hawaii team after what we saw in week zero against Vanderbilt. And I'm not a college football betting expert. I'm not going to try to pretend to be. But I do know a little bit about betting. And I do know that sometimes we get a little bit into these overreactions to one data point. And it was a massive movement, Michael. This thing before week zero, Hawaii was about a 10.5, 10-point underdog. They ended up closing 2.5-point dogs. And I said, all right, I'm going to go ahead and bet Stanford because there's no way that in one data point that the odds were that wrong from the summertime to now at week one. So I went ahead and bet Stanford, laying the two and a half. They win the game 37-24, covering the spread, no doubt about it. But I think as betters, it's always just a reminder early on in the season, sometimes like we get a little bit too much into specific data points because we're so amped up for the regular season to be here, and then we overreact to where, hey, maybe it's advantageous to kind of push back and play against a lot of that steam as it was last night with Stanford beating Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's a great lesson to start week one of college football, to start the NFL season, to remind ourselves that line movement is not significant. It really helps the book because how many times have we talked to bookmakers all over the country and we ask them, who do you need? And we need this team or we need that team. And they, they're, they're in business. They end up getting what they need half the time. And so the steam, if you will, or the line movement, sometimes it doesn't really lead you to the right. It ends up leading you to a collusive way of, of being on the side of the way everybody's thinking. You know, and, and I think if you look at week one in the NFL, you know, you've got to be really careful to stay away from that whole thing. I do it every single morning when I get up. I say, okay, who is, who's not being bet in the NFL? The Chargers aren't being bet. The 49ers are not being bet. The Saints are not being bet at all. The Saints have no money coming in on them at all. Mm. Minnesota's not being bet. The Jets are not being bet as much as you might think they would be. And the Panthers. So for me, those are the teams. Those six teams, I promise you, if you bet those six teams, you're liable to go four and two. You're liable to go four and two. Yeah. I think, and so I think you got to be really careful about being on the side of the public. You're not on the side of the book. The side of the book is where there's no money. And I think, too, oftentimes because people talk about closing line value, and it's very valuable over the course of thousands and thousands of bets. But early on in the season, when we're all still trying to figure things out, 
it's not as great of an indicator as what a good bet should be as it is later on in the season. Like, if you get closing line value in November on a college football game, that's much more valuable than closing line value in September where we're all kind of just making educated guesses as to what the difference is between the two teams. And we saw that last night with Stanford and Hawaii. There were some people that had some great numbers on Hawaii, and they just didn't come home because Hawaii wasn't up to the task against the Stanford Cardinal. All right, let's turn our attention, Michael, to today's games. And we get one, a banger, kicking off right off the top here, noon Eastern, 9 o'clock. Pacific time, and that is Coach Prime. Have you heard? He's over at Colorado, Michael, leading the Colorado Buffaloes into Fort Worth to take on the TCU Horn Frogs right now over at DraftKings. TCU, a 21-point favorite. Total is at 63 and a half. I have no idea what to make of this game because it was a massive roster overhaul here with the Colorado Buffaloes and Coach Prime bringing in a lot of guys. I mean, how do you even begin to handicap this one? Well, I think you got to look right. You have to start with the rosters and the quarterback and the continuity, right? We know TCU will have a new quarterback, right? We know TCU is in the process of developing their own guy. We know that, you know, that, that Charlie uh, Harris is going to come in and take the place of Max Dugan. So you know that. And then we also know that Colorado has a completely different quarterbacks, uh, Sh- uh, Sh- Shador Sanders. Yep. Shador. Shador Sanders, his son, has taken over, who's very talented. And their offensive coordinator, Sean Lewis, is a really good coach. He was the head coach at Kent State last year with a very good offense. But they have so many new players without really having a preseason, if you will. It's going to be hard to bring it all together. I, I think you know what you want to try to do is is really look at it this from an objective standpoint. There's a lot of fanfare on the on the Buffaloes, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talk about that. But I think when you boil this down, TCU is the established program. And their continuity will, to me, be the prevailing thought here. And we're going to find out how good Colorado's roster is. But you don't have this many transfers. I mean, it's just a completely new roster. And then bring it all together in week one. From listening to the people who follow college football all throughout the offseason, they follow the transfer portal, it sounds like the trenches on both sides, the offensive and defensive lines, are weak spots for the Colorado Buffs. And when I hear that, I say, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. I don't like the sound of that, especially when you're taking on a team that played in the national title a year ago. But do you buy into the fact that there are coaches who want to stick it to Dion because there's been so much hype, so much fanfare around this Colorado Buffaloes team that Sonny Dykes – might want to go ahead and put a real number on the Colorado. Do you buy into that? And maybe laying 21 could be the move here? No, I don't buy that at all. I think Sonny Dykes is worried about getting his team ready, right? He's mm-hmm. worried about getting his team ready, getting his team to play the best it can. Now, I also think that because we don't have preseason, I think once the game's in control, they're going to start playing other players, which certainly could affect the line. But look, look, you're so worried. In the, when you're in college football, you're dealing with so many unknowns mm. that you've just got to be able to get your team in track and forget about what Dion does. You know, that's great. There's going to be a lot of momentum, a lot of people, a lot of attention. Everybody thinks Dion's going to turn the program around, which is great. Because I remember when Colorado was a great program, when the Mike Pritchards and the Eric B. Enemies and the Michael Westbrooks and the Cordell Stewart were dominating college football when they were in the Big 12. So, I, I, they'll come back, but it's going to take more than just one game. It doesn't instantly turn on, just like mm-hmm. the other night we saw Nebraska struggle. You know, they, they had control of the game. Jeff Sims turns the thing over three times. They're right there to win it. They couldn't close it out. 
Well, one of the most competitive games, and we got 90 seconds here left in this segment, Michael. One of the most competitive games that we have on today's slate is the Border Wars. South Carolina, North yep. Carolina. Right now, the Tar Heels, two, two-and-a-half-point favorites. It's a neutral site game over in Charlotte. But we get to see two NFL prospects at quarterback, one being Drake May, who could be a number one overall pick. People think of him as a potential franchise quarterback. And then Spencer Rattler, who was thought of as that caliber of guy a couple years ago. Uh, do you put the evaluator hat on when you watch this game? What are you looking forward to seeing between yeah. the Gamecocks and the Tar Heels? Well, I, I want to see Spencer Rattler. You know, Dalb Doggins is the new offensive coordinator at South Carolina. He coached in pro football for a long time. I want to watch Spencer Rattler, how they handle this. South Carolina's crowd is great. Patrick Maher is a, an alumnus of the school. We know how good that crowd can be there. And, Nor and North Carolina, look, I mean, every time they've had an opportunity to step up, you know, we think they're going to be really good in the ACC. When Sam Howell was a freshman, it never manifested itself. So it's a big game for North Carolina. It's a big game for Drake May. I mean, this is going to be a fun game to watch because you got two quarterbacks that you have to evaluate, two quarterbacks that can have the potential to be pro quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. We're going to find out how they handle the situation. Yeah, and even from the college game standpoint, North Carolina, some people think that they could be a dark horse team in the ACC because of the quarterback, Drake May. However, if you look at the VSIN college football betting guide, one of the notes about the Tar Heels with the offensive line is a little bit shaky, and the defense that's led by Gene Chizik needs to take a massive step forward if they're going to go ahead and compete in the ACC. We're just rolling along here on the Lombardi line. On the other side, Tim Murray, host of our VSIN college football betting podcast, joins us to talk his three best bets here. Stick with us on Visa the Sports Betting Network. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. The updated NFL betting guide will be released on Thursday. Throughout the NFL preseason, the VEASAN experts have been reevaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL guide has picks from every on-air host, team-specific preseason analysis, how to use VEASAN betting splits, and football contest strategies. If you want the best and most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, and previews, now is the time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber as low as as $19 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Sign up today at vsun.com slash subscribe. You can go ahead and get that guide right now. It is out. Our VEASAN updated NFL betting guide. Uh, welcome back. This is the Lombardi line hanging out with you guys here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Bebefe alongside Michael Lombardi. Uh, Michael, we have our buddy Tim Murray. VEASAN host of VEASAN Primetime, also the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. Get that wherever you get your podcast, and he is joining us right now to break down college football week number one. Tim, I see you have your three best bets, but I'm contractually obligated to ask you about Coach Prime and Colorado against TCU with the updated numbers that we have right now with TCU laying 21, total around that 63.5 range. Uh, What is the betting angle here with Colorado and TCU? Man, uh, it's it's funny just talking to different people, you know, all all summer long, Femi and, and Michael, and always appreciate jumping on with you guys. The buzz around a game with a three touchdown spread is uh, is something we don't see all that often. But uh, for right, you know, for for good purposes, uh, I'm excited to to see what Colorado has in store, guys, heading into this year. Uh, the angle, if any, I, I would look at. And I know what the you know the clock and and all of that. Uh, there's questions, but you know, I think to the two offenses that were expected to see today with Sean Lewis, uh, now the offensive coordinator of Colorado, the former Kent State head coach, the hashtag flash, flash, uh, flash fast offense there at Kent State for years. And then Kendall Bryles comes over uh, to TCU to take over that offense as Garrett Riley departed for Clemson. So I think we're going to see a lot of tempo today. Uh, obviously, the heat is expected to be a factor. So, um, you know, when you think about Colorado and and what they've done, um, going to the portal and bringing in 50, 60 new players, I mean, something we've never seen before uh, is going to be on showcase today. So I actually think talent-wise, Colorado does have a, a fair bit of talent uh, offensively, at least on the starting line. Depth, I think, will be a massive issue for the Buffaloes this year. I have some concerns about the offensive line. I have some serious concerns about their defense. Uh, but I do think with that flash-fast type of offense that uh, Sean Lewis is bringing from Kent State, I think we could see some points. So, uh, like you said, Femi, contractually obligated to talk about uh, <laughs> this game. It's a big noon kickoff game. It's going to be high-profile. Uh, I'm not going to touch the point spread. I would maybe look towards the uh, towards TCU as we've seen a little bit of movement today in the market. But uh, I guess I would go over, if anything, uh, in this spot. Hey, Tim, I, I know uh, you are all over the Colorado State Rams. That's one game you picked out where Clay Mullen, Clay Millen, the red shirts uh, junior is going to be the sophomore is going to be the transfer, going to be the quarterback. But I really like Cameron Ward at Washington State. I think mm-hmm. he's a really good player. But you're on the Colorado State side. Why is that? 
Yeah, we've seen a lot of movement, Michael. And, you know, it's not an anti-Washington state play. It's more a pro-Colorado state play. Um, you know, think about continuity, year two of this Jay Norvell team. Uh, you know, speaking of of going to the portal, while they're not going to get the buzz like their, uh, their, their state brother in Colorado, uh, they went out and addressed what needed to be addressed, most importantly for Colorado State, Michael, and that's the offensive line. Uh, they had the worst offensive line in the entire country uh, last year, and they went out and brought in four new starters. Uh, you mentioned Clay Millen coming into year number three in this system, uh, started at Nevada, was the starter last year for Colorado State, took his lumps. Torrey Horton is a guy that uh, will probably be drafted later on uh, this year. You know, you mentioned Cam Ward. Washington State, um, they bring in Western Kentucky's former offensive coordinator. So I think that's an intriguing hire there. But you've got two new coordinators there at Washington State. I will say this, though, Mike, we've been talking about this game a lot, guys, uh, throughout, you know, the, throughout the week. And I gave it out on VEASAN primetime when it was 12, 12 and a half. And now we're looking at some, you know, single digit situations. You guys just flashed up nine and a half at DraftKings. I would still look at that 10, 10 and a half range for Colorado State, but now we're dipping into the single digits, you know, where Femi sits on this Saturday morning circus sitting at eight and a half might be a situation where it's gone a little bit too far and uh, you could potentially look at uh, at that middling opportunity. But, you know, Colorado State, guys, is just a team that I've been very bullish on heading into this year. One of my favorite win totals to the over is Colorado State. And sitting at home, catching double digits, uh, pretty intrigued by the Rams today uh, in this particular spot. Well, are you going to look to middle this thing then, Tim, on middling 10 in this game between Washington State and Colorado uh, State? Potentially, potentially, Femi. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I honestly, I made a mistake last night with the Hawaii game. Yet Last week I was on this show and I said, take the seven with Hawaii. It gets down to two and a half. And I should have tried to middle it because ultimately Stanford covered uh, all numbers. So yeah. I just flat out lost my bet. So, yeah, I mean, I'll see how the market goes. This game doesn't kick off till seven o'clock Eastern. So yeah, we'll see where this takes us. Uh, but it certainly feels like it's uh, at least one way traffic uh, from from the influential betters when it comes to Colorado uh, to Washington State, Colorado State. So, yeah, certainly a, a middling opportunity with the key number of 10 is uh, is potentially available. And how about Florida State LSU, the big game, right? You're going to take the points in Florida State. I mean, I watched uh, a lot of college football yesterday. Everybody's on this LSU train. Everybody thinks that they could potentially be the final four, but you're going to take Florida State in the three. Yeah, I am. Uh, you know, and 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 you know, we talked about it earlier this week, and um, you know, you could get a cheap three. Now I think it's you know sitting pretty much around two. So uh, you know, that might be a little trickier to find. But I, I think Florida State wins this game outright. And you know, there's a case to be said. You know, Michael, that whoever was getting the the plus side, that would be my angle. And uh, I just I, I think this Florida State team, the more and more I dove into this matchup, guys, I just I lean a little bit more towards Florida State having just a little bit more talent, having a little more advantages. Both of these teams, uh, top 10 in the portal, uh, went out and, and, and addressed a lot of needs in the portal. Um, I think it's a wash at quarterback with with Jaden Daniels for LSU and Jordan Travis for Florida State. I really like the playmakers for Florida State. Uh, they bring back Johnny Johnny Williams, a six 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 seven wide receiver. Uh, and then you bring in Keon Coleman after the spring, the transfer from Michigan State. Uh, Jaheim Bell was another addition they brought in from, from South Carolina. Uh, they have a very, very veteran offensive line. And then defensively, guys, uh, you look at 
Jared Verse, a guy who potentially could have been a first-round pick coming off the edge for Florida State, and he opted to come back for uh, this upcoming season. They added depth along the defensive line, added Fentrell Cypress from Virginia in the secondary. So for me, it's a very closely you know, contested you know, uh, matchup, in my opinion. Uh, but ultimately, I'm going to take the points here with Florida State, a little bit on the money line. It should be a heck of a game on Sunday night. But, you know, Michael, to your point, everyone's just assuming that LSU is going to run it back. They're a dark horse to win the national championship. And I'm not really going to uh, deny any of that. But I think Florida State, with the talent that's on that roster, has a real opportunity to win this game. Oddly enough, guys, one of the weird quirks of the college football scheduling. This is the third consecutive year that Brian Kelly and Mike Norvell have gone up against each other to open the season. <laughs> 2021 Notre Dame opened at Florida State. Last year, of course, it was LSU and Florida State, and now we get LSU Florida State again to open the season. Well, it's, a, it's a Labor Day weekend tradition. Brian Kelly and Mike yeah. Norvell. Uh, <laughs> Tim, we got about 90 seconds left. Let's get to your last play here. South Alabama, two lane. Right now, the Green Wave laying six and a half total, 51 and a half. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a play that my uh, my partner in crime, Sean King, Tulane legend. Uh, I don't think he loves all that much, but uh, <laughs> hey, as we like to say, we pull for our pockets. So I'm taking the points with South Alabama uh, in this spot against Tulane. Tulane, obviously coming off of a, a remarkable season, a historic season. You know, going to the Cotton Bowl, coming back and beating USC. But guys, when you have the type of success that Tulane had last year. You're going to have turnover, right? So what happened? Tajay Spears, their superstar running back who rushed for over 200 yards against USC. He's in Tennessee now, not with the Vols, with the Titans. He was a third-round pick. You lose, I believe, their five top tacklers. You lose their two top pass catchers, uh, did the green wave. And what happens to your coaching staff? Well, while you were able to keep Willie Fritz, the head coach, you lost your offensive coordinator as he retired. Granted, they bring in Slade Nagel, who's been on the staff, who comes up from the tight ends coach position. You lost two defensive coordinators uh, because Lance Guidry, who came in to replace Chris Hampton, uh, he got poached by Miami. So they had to go to Troy's defensive coordinator. And they also lost their special teams coordinator. South Alabama guys brings back 18 starters. The entire coaching staff is back. So I think South Alabama is going to be ready to roll here uh, tonight down at Yuleman Stadium. And final thought here, there might just be a little bit of an eyeball from this two-lane squad thinking, we have an SEC squad coming to town next week when mm. Ole Miss comes to town. You better be ready tonight to uh, to play 60 against the Jags. I think USA, South Alabama Jags, has a shot to win this game outright. There we go. Nine VEASAN experts in the college football betting guide picked South Alabama to win the Sun Belt, so they're not messing around the Jaguars, that is. He is Tim Murray, VEASAN college football betting podcast host, also host of VEASAN Primetime. But thanks, Tim. Good luck with the bets. Thanks, Tim. Right, Appreciate you. All right, we'll be back on the other side. This is the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Get rewarded before you ever place a bet with the G-Bank Visa Signature Card. Unlike other credit cards that decline sports betting transactions or treat them as a cash advance, the G-Bank Visa Signature Card can load directly to your favorite sportsbook apps. You'll earn a 1% cash rewards on gaming and sports app loads every time and 2% on other purchases. G-Bank Visa is a card designed for gaming and sports fans everywhere and works with apps like DraftKings, BetMGM, and Caesars. To learn more, go to g.bank.vsin. That's g.bank.vsin. Bank slash Visa. 
Is it news? Corleone is a man who insists on hearing bad news immediately. Or just noise. Are you going to act like this is news? Just noise. Let's separate the impactful from the insignificant with one simple question. News or noise? Oh, the folks on the DraftKings Network seeing that one for the first time. News or noise? Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. We'll get back to the college football to start our number two. Also have two guests, Barrett Salee from CBS and Wes Reynolds, VEASAN's own Wes Reynolds in our number two. But let's talk a little NFL here with news or noise. And this first headline here, Michael, comes from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans, who has been productive all throughout his career. Well, his agent said that we need a deadline for a contract extension, and that deadline is going to be September 9th, which happens to be the day before the start of the regular season. So they've been negotiating for over a year, but the agent says, give us a contract or let's move forward and part our ways. Is this news or noise that they have set a September 9th deadline in the contract talks? Well, it's news because the, the Bucks have very few players that they can go to to get below the cap. They have very few players that have a lot of money tied up in paragraph five. And Mike Evans does. And when you need to create cap room, you go to players who have large paragraph fives. You guarantee the paragraph five. That's treated as signing bonus. And then it gets spread out over the length of the contract, whether you void it or not. And so... To me, for them to create cap room to because right now we're still operating under the 51 concept. So you're only counting the top 51 salaries in the cap. Once Saturday starts next week, a week from today, you got to count everybody. And if they did that right now, the Bucks would be about eight million over the cap. So this deadline really is the Bucks should have imposed it, but I think the agent's smart enough to know that. Don't come back to me for cap room if you don't give me a deal done before the ninth. I think it's news. What do you think happens with this? Do you think Mike Evans ends up being a trade candidate here if they don't get something done by the ninth? Well, I, th- I think they have to almost get something done by the ninth. They need the cap room. They, they, they have very few players on their team that they can go to to get cap relief. I mean, they have Shaq Barrett at $14 million, but he counts already already up there. Uh, Devin White would be another player they would have to go to. He's, got, he's in the last year of his deal. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Godwin is their fourth highest cap number, but he's only making a million dollars. Carlton Davis, million eight. That's the minimum. Carlton Davis is their fifth highest cap player. He's only making a million eight. Vita Vey, see how it just keeps going down? <laughs> so when you're trying to create cap room, you have to go to the paragraph five guys. And those three players are Mike Evans, uh, Shaq Barrett, and Devin White. They got to get something done with one of the three. Mm. I mean, they're carrying so much dead money from. You know, they're carrying $20, $35 million from, Brady, from the Bradys and from, you know, all the things that they've done. So it's challenging. Yeah, credit card bill eventually comes due, and the Bucks are right now in a tough spot. The next headline has to do with another really productive wide receiver, this one, though, in Los Angeles. Cooper Cup suffering what Sean McVay is calling a setback with the hamstring injury. He suffered it on August 1st, but recently Sean McVay said that he is now day-to-day as it pertains to his status for next Sunday's game against the Seattle Seahawks. So is this news or noise that Cooper Cup has suffered a setback? No, I think it's news. I, I think we've – look – Cooper Cup had had a generational year two years ago when he had uh, uh, almost 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns, and was the best player on the Rams and led the Rams to a Super Bowl with Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford. But that was then and now is now. And last year he got hurt, and this year he's been hurt. So 
I think he's over 30. The age is creeping up to him. And I've kind of reminded a lot of people in fantasy, like, I don't think it's a smart play to take Cup as high as you think you should take him. Mm. I think it's going to be a problem all year for him. Soft tissue injuries on a player that's been around a lot like this, that's more concerning than ever before. And that tells you there's something else going on with the body. There's something else going on in terms of recovery. So I think it's definitely news. I would be alarmed. Yeah, the betting market reacted slightly, but I think we'll see more reaction if Cooper Cup was ruled out later on this week. And then it's oh, all of a sudden he's one out. second. Yeah. I mean, whether Cup plays or not, you know, he averaged 10.8 yards a catch last year. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they'll double, Seattle will double him, t- try to take him out of the game. Now, Seattle's not going to have Weatherspoon, their rookie. He's still out, too. But to me, when you play the Rams, Cup is a then player, but you still are going to treat him like a now player, mm-hmm. and you got to take him out of the game. And you got to force the ball to someone else. Is it Von Jefferson? Who are they going to throw it to? And I think that's going to make it harder on Stafford. Well, there was a training camp injury scare in Cincinnati to start the August month here. Joe Burrow suffering what is called a calf strain. Well, he since now has returned to practice in full pads. However, Zach Taylor, the head coach, does not want to commit to Burrow starting week one, saying, quote, just taking it day to day. Is this news or noise? Oh, I think it's noise. He's playing. We all know he's playing. The book knows he's playing. You know, America knows he's playing. He wouldn't be cleared to practice in full pads if he wasn't playing, right? I mean, he's out there. We watch video of it. I mean, who are we kidding? He's going to play. Now, look, just so we're aware, the Browns in the last four games against the Bengals are 3-1. and one. one of those games didn't really matter. The Bengals had already had everything clinched, and Brendan Allen played quarterback. But They've done a nice job against Joe Burrow. They've won two games. They've lost one. So they're going to need this. They're going to need Burrow to beat the Browns. The Browns play them well, and I think they're going to need Burrow to play at at his top level of the game. I think these two weeks are really going to help him because it gives him an opportunity to get back in rhythm again. Yeah, I think it was Halloween last year, or it might have been around that time when they played on Monday Night Football, and the Browns just beat them them. up. They yeah, beat them up, They did. Man. They whooped them. So we'll see if the Bengals can go ahead and, and get some revenge there in this upcoming game next Sunday where we expect Joe Burrow to be the starting quarterback for Cincinnati. Uh, we don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, though. They recently have cut Colt McCoy, who was their starter throughout the offseason, and now it's down to newly acquired Josh Dobbs or the rookie fifth-round pick Clayton Toon out of Houston. Head coach Jonathan Gannon says that he's not going to name a starter because that is a competitive advantage to us <laughs> against the commanders. Is that news or noise that Gannon's not going to name a starter ahead of week number one? That's noise. I mean, <laughs> let's face it, okay? let's. The reason they traded for Joshua Dobbs, like this isn't rocket science, right? We know this. They traded for Dobbs because Drew Petzler, their offensive coordinator, was with him in Cleveland. He knows him, and he knows the system. So there's kind of a, 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 a sim- symmetry between the player and the coach, right? And so they traded for him for a specific reason. They knew that Colt McCoy wasn't going to be able to handle the job. They're in training camp. I know you find this hard to believe, but they watch practice. They film practice and they watch practice. And from the watching of practice, without watching the game, they determined that Colt McCoy, that this is it. we got to get a quarterback. And Dobbs, because of Doran Robinson-Thompson, uh, Thompson Robinson, I always get that messed up, mm-hmm. it, you know, was have made him available. I mean, the Browns fully thought Dobbs was going to be their backup this year. But the fifth-round pick made that different. So based on that, they went for Dobbs, and I just truly think Dobbs will be the starter. I think it's all noise. And Gannon, you know, regardless of who plays, 
that's uh, going to be hard for the Cardinals, but it's going to be really hard if if Toon plays. Dobbs, at least we saw him play against Jacksonville with Tennessee down there with very little prep time and actually looked effective. The people on X are killing Jonathan Gannon, man. I, I, and like, I, and I, I get it's easy to oh. pile on because he seemed like he like the, the, I don't know if you saw the video of him talking to the team about the fire in the gut and all that stuff. And like, I get it. It's it looks a little weird, but I'm like. Maybe he's a good coach. Maybe he's a bad coach, but we don't know. Like, we just we got to well, see. Like, we don't really know. Well, you, you and you got to see. I mean, look. Uh, I mean, can we, I mean, can we let him coach a regular see, season I game? <laughs> I know. I mean, would you still have to see if Barry Sanders is a good player? Are you ready to commit to that? I mean, are you ready to commit to Lawrence Taylor as a good player? Or do you need to see more? Like, that's what I want to know. Do you need to see a little bit more Lawrence Taylor? How about Ronnie Lott? Do you need to see a little bit more Ronnie? The, the thing about this is, is, look, if you're on the Twitter side, that's not good. I, I yeah. said this before Twitter got engaged. I thought Jonathan Gannon was pressed to be a defensive coordinator. Hmm. I think that the Eagles did a great job. Now, you can't forget this. They had Vic Fangio helping Jonathan Gannon last year. That was mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. And they wanted Vic Fangio to replace Gannon when he left. They, Gannon kind of messed them up. That's why they filed that tampering thing, because they thought Gannon wasn't getting the Arizona job. He led them to believe that. So... I don't see it. I'm not surprised because I don't think he did anything in Philadelphia to demonstrate to me that he was ready to become a head coach. I thought he was challenged to be a coordinator. Yeah, but but that's a whole. You're saying something different than what the folks on X are saying. They're just taking a snippet of a of a meeting and saying, "Oh, see, this is why he's bad." And like, I, I'm like, is that why he's bad? Because I remember speaking of Philadelphia, Nick Sirianni's opening press conference when he was introduced by the Philadelphia Eagles, and he was talking about we have systems in place and all that, and everybody was killing Sirianni, saying that, "Wow, this guy's a horrible hire." And now two years later, everyone says the Eagles have a really good head coach and they're one of the best teams in the league. So, like, let's just pump But the they brain. have a system. Philadelphia is different than that. Philadelphia has an infrastructure that helped Peterson and it helped, and it helped Sirianni. All right. We'll be back to talk some more NFL on the other side. Fade or follow next here on the Lombardi Line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi. Checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, 
It's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on vSEN, the sports betting network. Our very own Michael Lombardi has just written his second book called Football Done Right, Setting the Record Straight on the Coaches, Players, and History of the NFL. Now, for a limited time, you can get a free copy of Michael's new book when you become a VEASAN Pro Annual subscriber. Just sign up on a new VEASAN Pro Annual subscription today and use promo code LOMBARDI. Get an entire year of VEASAN Pro access to our daily best bets, season prep betting guides, 24-7 video, and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits. Remember to use promo code LOMBARDI when you sign up for a VEASAN Pro Annual subscription to get your free copy of the book. This is a limited time offer, so sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe today oh michael you agreed to give it out for free buddy how we yeah, doing man to help decent look at anything that decent absolutely I, I, I love it's, it it's such a good deal to uh be part of the betting guide you know i think we all need it look i work i work my numbers during the week but i think sometimes it's it's really important to have that help and you know with steve mackin and maddie humans adam burke all the guys that helped on this guide it's a lot of help to get you to where you can get to a good spot and not necessarily just guess. And I think that's the yeah. issue. You can't guess in this business. Yeah, we encourage everybody to go ahead and get the guide at vsun.com slash subscribe. But, I mean, we'd remiss to not say congratulations to you, Michael. September 5th, Tuesday, yeah. the new book I'm is excited, coming out, yeah. man. I'm sure you're excited. I'm sure you have the, the, the media schedule to go ahead and go on the promotional tour and all that stuff ready to go. Uh, how you feeling? Now? Is, is, what's the feeling like once you've completed the book and now it's just a couple days away? Like, like what's going through your mind right now? You know, I think what you try to do is stay away from, you know, the reaction to it positively, and certainly there'll be negatives to it, especially when you put together a list of the top 100 players. Somebody's going to, you know, dive into it, which stirs the conversation, which is great. But Mm -hmm. I I think to me, you know, I've listened to a lot of Rick Rubin over the last six months, and I think you you just ignore everything and just, if you feel like you've done a good job and I feel like I put a lot of time and effort into it, then the reaction really doesn't matter. It matters what I feel like. And I'm going to stay on that course because you get too high or low. I'm not going to search Amazon to see where it is on the rankings or the New York Times or any of that. I'm just got to let that go because, you know, Gridiron started slow. We, we didn't really have a promotional campaign for Gridiron and Gridiron continues to sell today. And I think the reaction to gridiron has has gotten better and better as people are more aware that it's out there. So, uh, you know, I, I think it books take time. You know, not everybody reads it right away. Yeah, like, like you just mentioned, this is not Michael's first radio. Gridiron Genius is available wherever you want to go ahead and buy your books there. But uh, writing can be a very vulnerable kind of process <laughs> there because like, you're putting your thoughts out there and it's your opinion and it's out there for everyone to consume. So uh, we're, we're proud of you, man. Congratulations. Yeah, thank this you. Is, I appreciate this, it. This is going to be a I lot of fun. Most of the, I know my college roommate who listens to this show up in Boston. I'm sure he's probably he's more shocked by anybody that I actually <laughs> wrote two books since I never went to school and he was doing all the work. So. It's like I never saw this guy even write a research paper. And yeah, he's writing I mean, books. Paul, Paul, if we ever brought him on the show, he would tell you. So I one mean, day, you know, 
One day. <laughs> One day we'll do it. Uh, but we are the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. We appreciate everybody. Once again, you can check out the DraftKings Network over at Samsung TV Plus or on DraftKingsNetwork.com. And because we are brought to you by DraftKings, we have the DraftKings betting splits for week one of the National Football League. So we wanted to highlight some of the lopsided betting splits for mm. the upcoming opening week. These are games that have 75% of the handle or the tickets or both. And the first one is the AFC South Clash in Indianapolis, where the Jacksonville Jaguars, now laying five points on the road, are getting 88% of the handle and 84% of the tickets against the Indianapolis Colts, who are led by team captain Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I mean, look, the, again, the, these are important because, you know, you don't want to be on the side of the public, right? You don't want to make a public pick. And I think you got to be really careful here. This number has ballooned up. And for good reason. I mean, we talked about it. You know, the rookie quarterbacks, we have three of them going to start. We have C.J. Stroud. We have Richardson, you know, and you know, we have these young quarterbacks that are going to take part in the game this this week. And how well will they respond? I think that's the concern you have to look at. And I think people are going to go against that trend. I think people certainly say, okay, here's a great opportunity for me. Sam Howell being another one, even though he's not a rookie, he's a second-year player. There's a lot of these young guys playing, and I think you got to take, take that certainly and want to bet against it because the numbers, the trend, are mm-hmm. all in favor of betting against the young quarterback, Bryce Young, also at Carolina. So will you then fade or follow this, or do you stay away? You know, for me, I, I think most of and I think most of the week that you have to before you get into handicapping of the games, I think there's a you gotta take some games off the board. You gotta take some games off the board. And I think sometimes the most popular bet game you should take off the board. Uh, because if you feel like Pittsburgh is getting all the action or, or, or Jacksonville's getting all the action, it may behoove you, especially in week one. And I say that the week one handicapping is completely different than week three handicapping. Week three handicapping, we now have two games to study. We now have some data that we can cling to. Week one, we, you can't really look at the preseason except for execution, right? You, gotta, you have to go back and you got to study the preseasons and how they did in the openers and all that. I think I have spent more time – I have spent more time – on studying these teams from last year, how they did. For example, let's take that. This is kind of an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. But let's take last year. When you look at the games, right, how many rushes and completions did the team have in the opening day? What does that tell us? That tells us the team's execution. They were able to execute effectively. And then we also, how many plays did they run? Right? How many plays were they able to get off? And then points per play. So, for example, as much as I am critical of Zach Taylor starting at five and four. He lost opening day last year, but he had he had an incredible run in terms of he had 60s. He led the NFL in week one in terms of rushes and completions with 67. The next closest team was was Atlanta at 58. He had 94 plays against Pittsburgh last year. Now, they lost the game because they turned it over five times. The other team that execution was really good last year with Joe Flacco, a quarterback, were the Jets. Mm. And they ran 79 plays, only scored nine points. So I think you have to take the, the coach and how he does training camp and understand it and then play into it. Like Cleveland, really good last year. 57 rushes in completion, ran 74 plays. They were able to score 26 points to beat Carolina. 
you know, we know Andy Reid's really good on opening day because he 57 rushes and completions. You know, he went in out there, he ran, he run, he ran 68 plays. So I think you have to look at that on week one. That's the way to go handicapping. Now, does that lead you to the best money on DraftKings on the betting splits? We'll see. But I think you have to start with a foundation. Well, let's get to that AFC North game between Cincinnati and Cleveland. Right now, the Browns, two-and-a-half-point underdogs. 76% of the tickets are on the Bengals. Would you fade or follow? Sounds like you would go ahead and fade all the people who are betting Cincinnati. I'm going to take the points in Cleveland, you know, just based on I know Cleveland will execute. I know Cleveland knows how to play Lou Amaromo's defense. I know Stefanski does a good job against him. I think he's going to struggle a little bit early in the season, especially with two safeties that are new, right? Because as I wrote about in the updated betting guide, the safeties are the ones who make the checks. Dak Hall, good player from Michigan, but is he going to be able to be smart enough to understand the shifts in the formation and to make the right call? Amaromo relies so much on his check with me defense to get him in the right play, the right call. I think that communication, especially in the back end, Logan Wilson can do it at linebacker, but can they do it in the back end to get everybody communicated against a very skilled team? And then I also think that Jim Schwartz defensively will create some problems with their edges. You know, Orlando Brown, the new left tackle, Jonah Williams, the new right tackle. Collins went on IR, so we're not going to see him for at least four weeks. So I I think there's a lot of moving parts in Cincinnati. Look, I love Joe Burrow, and he's great, but I also love a lot of things about the Brownies. Yeah. The afternoon headlining game between the Eagles and the Patriots, it's going to be Tom Brady Day over in Foxborough. I'm sure everybody is excited for that up in that area. Well, at DraftKings, with Philadelphia laying three and a half, there's 82% of the handle is on the Eagles and also 83% of the tickets on the Eagles. Would you fade or follow? Well, that's funny because here's where we have now. We have a reverse line movement. That line was up mm-hmm. to four and a half. Mm-hmm. Now we're down to three and a half, and we see all the money's on Philadelphia. Now, that for me is something I think, and this is why having the betting guide, having a VEASAN year-long subscription really helps you because now you're alerted. Okay, what's going on here? Somebody knows something here. If this much money's on Philly, why didn't the line go to five? Why did it come back a whole point to New England? Now, the matchup really favors Philly on paper, right? Mm -hmm. New England's offensive line this summer has not looked good. Philly's defensive line is the strength of their team. You know, we know that Philly as runs a six-back offense. Last year, we know New England was 0-4 against teams that have a running quarterback in a six-back offense. Even lost to the Chicago Bears on Monday night. So the matchup on paper favors Philly. And you would say, wow, why didn't that line stay at five? I think you got to peel it back a little bit. You know, opening game, New England wasn't very sharp last opening year. They scored only seven points, turned the ball over against uh, the Miami Dolphins and lost 20-7. to They played good defense that day, but their offense gave it away. And I think that's the concern you have here. One thing about Philadelphia, you've got to stay attached to them. All right. We'll begin hour number two with a full hour of college football next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.